0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the podcast. The last week I saw and recapped that self love is something that I need to work really hard on and it's for a reason. Self love is the root of all our personality and behaviors. It's been groomed since childhood to the adult age to be whatever it is. Sometimes there are aspects of self-love that are not very well groomed. We we are guilty or ashamed of ourselves in some areas of our lives and we don't understand how that affects our behavior and communication. So, today I have picked up a book which I want to read for the next few days. Um, it's called Mind Over Mood. It's a proven book on psychological connections of thought and behavior and it's supposed to be a worksheet book for people who are facing difficulties with any kind of behavioral issues let alone self-love for me it's self-love and anxiety so I'm on the third chapter of this book and I'll give it a reading I'll give it, it's a small chapter, so maybe I'll finish it in the next uh, 15 to 20 minutes. But it would be the learnings that count. At the end of this chapter, there's a worksheet and that worksheet will give me some important lessons about myself that I need to work on. Let's see. Chapter 3. It's the thought that counts. You learned how thinking, mood, behavior, physical reactions, and environmental life and situations all affect each other. In this chapter, you'll learn that when you want to feel better, your thoughts are often the place to start. This chapter describes how learning more about your thoughts can help you in many areas of your life. What is the thought mood connection? Whenever we experience a mood, there is a thought connected to it that helps define the mood. For example, suppose you are at a party and a friend introduces you to Alex. As you talk, Alex never looks at you. In fact, throughout your brief conversation, he looks over your shoulder across the room. Following are three different thoughts you might have in this situation. Four moods are listed below each thought. Mark the mood that you, would, you believe you would have with each thought. Thought. Alex is rude. He's insulting me by ignoring me. Possible moods. Irritated, sad, nervous, caring. Thought 2. Alex doesn't find me interesting. I bore everybody. Possible moods. Irritated, sad, nervous, caring. Thought 3. Alex seems shy. He's probably too uncomfortable to look at me possible moods, irritated, sad, nervous, caring. and I guess the answers to these are, it was irritated in the first one, nervous in the second one, and caring in the third one. This example illustrates that the moods we experience often depend upon our thoughts. Different interpretations of an event can lead to different moods. Since moods are often distressing or may lead to behavior with consequences such as telling Alex he is rude, it is important to identify what you are thinking and to check out the accuracy of of your thoughts before acting. For instance, if Alex is shy, it would be inaccurate to think of him as rude and you may regret it later if you respond with anger or irritation. Even situations you might think would create the same mood for everyone such as losing a job may in fact lead to different moods, because of different personal beliefs and meanings. For example, one person facing a job loss might think I am a failure and depressed, another person might think they have no right to fire me, this is discrimination, and feel angry. A third person might think I don't like this, but now it's my chance to try out a new job and feel a mixture of nervousness and anticipation. Thoughts help determine which mood we experience in a given situation. Once a mood is present, we often begin thinking additional thoughts that support and strengthen the mood. For example, angry people think about ways that they have been hurt. Depressed people think about all the negative aspects of their lives and anxious people think about danger. This does not mean that our thinking is wrong when we experience an intense mood. But when we feel intense moods, we are more likely to distort, discount, or disregard information that contradicts the validity of our moods and beliefs. In fact, the stronger our moods, the more extreme our thinking is likely to be. For example, if we are mildly anxious before a party, we might have a thought, I won't know what to say when I meet new people, and I'll feel really awkward. However, if we are highly anxious, our thought may be, I won't know what to say, I'll blush as red as a beet, and I'll make a complete fool of myself. In addition, we won't remember in this moment that we have been to many parties before, and usually we do think of something to say to new people and generally have a good time. All of us think like this sometimes. This is why it's helpful to be aware of our thoughts when we are most distressed. When we are aware of our thoughts, we more easily see how they are influencing our mood. The following example shows how Marissa's thinking makes her depression worse. Marissa thought she was unlovable. This belief seemed absolutely true to her. Given her negative experiences with men. She could not even imagine that someone could truly love her. This belief, coupled with her desire to be in a relationship, led her to feel depressed. When a colleague, Julio, began to be attracted to her, she be- she had the following experiences. A friend teased her about the frequent phone calls she received at work from Julio, saying that I think you have an admirer, Marisa. Marisa replied, what do you mean, he doesn't call that often not noticing positive information. Julio complimented Marisa and she thought, he's just saying this to keep up a good work relationship, discounting positive information. When Julio asked to meet her for lunch, Marisa thought, I'm probably explain explaining the work project so poorly that he resents the extra time the project is taking, jumping to a negative conclusion. At lunch, Julio told Marisa he thought they had, they had both been very creative on the project and said he had really enjoyed spending the extra time with her. He went on to tell her that he found her attractive. Marisa thought, oh, he probably says that to everyone. He doesn't really mean it, discounting positive experiences. Since Marissa was convinced convinced that she was unlovable, she ignored or distorted information that was not consistent with her belief. Because she was depressed, she had trouble believing the positive things people said that could help her feel better. Ignoring information that doesn't fit with her beliefs is something we can learn to change. For Marissa, learning to take in positive information about her attractiveness and lovability could be the start of something wonderful. What is the thought-behavior connection? Our thoughts and behaviors are usually closely connected. For example, we are more likely to try to do something if we believe it is possible. For many years, athletes believed it was impossible to run a four-minute mile. In track events around the world, the top runners ran a mile in just over four minutes. Then a British miler, Roger Bannister, identified changes he could make in his running style and strategy to break the four-minute barrier. He believed it was possible to run faster and put many months of effort into changing his running technique to reach his goal. In 1954, Roger Bannister became the first man to run a mile in less than four minutes. His belief that he could succeed contributed to behavior change. Remarkably, once Bannister broke the record, The best milers from around the world also began to run the mile in under 4 minutes. Unlike Bannister, these runners had not substantially changed their running techniques. What had changed were their beliefs. They now thought it was possible to run this fast, and their behaviour followed this thought. Of course, just knowing it is possible to run fast does not mean that everyone can do this. Thinking is not the same as doing. But the more strongly we believe that something is possible, the more likely we are to attempt it and more maybe succeed at it. On a daily basis, we all have automatic thoughts that influence our behavior. These are the words and images that pop into our heads throughout the day. For example, imagine that you are at a family reunion, the food has just been laid out, and some family members go over to the buffet tables to fill their plates while others remain seated and talking. You have been talking with your cousin for 10 minutes. Consider each of the following thoughts and write that what behavior would you probably do if you had this thought. Thought one. If I don't go now, they'll run out of food. Thought two. It's rude to rush to the buffet tables when we are in the middle of a conversation. I think In the first case, I'll think of leaving the convo and going to get the food. In the second thought, I would carry in the convo and not rush to get the food. Thought 3. My grandfather looks too unsteady to carry a plate. In this, I'll rush to help my grandfather. Thought 4. My cousin and I are having such a wonderful conversation. I've never met anyone so interesting. In this, I'll engage deeper in the conversation, without thinking about anything else. Did your behavior change depending on the thought you had? Yes. Sometimes we are not aware of the thoughts that affect our behavior. Thoughts often occur rapidly automatically and just out of our awareness. We sometimes act out of habit, and the original thoughts that led to those habits have been forgotten. For example, perhaps we always give in when someone disagrees with us. This habit may have started with a belief such as, if we disagree, then it is best to just let it go, because otherwise our relationship won't last. We often are not aware of the thoughts guiding our behavior when our actions have become routine. An example from Ben's life illustrates that the thought-behavior connection. After his friend Laurie died, Louis died, Ben cut back on meeting his friends for lunch and other activities he used to enjoy. At first, his family thought that avoiding his friends was part of Ben's grief or Louie's death. But as the months passed and Ben still refused to get together with his friends, his wife Sylvie began to suspect there might be other reasons Ben was staying at home. One morning, Sylvie sat down and with Ben and asked him why he was not returning his friend's telephone calls. Ben shrugged and said, what's the point? We are at that age where we all just dying anyhow. Sylvie felt exasperated. But you are aligned now. Do the do the things you enjoy. Ben shook his head and thought, Sylvie just doesn't understand. Sylvie really didn't understand because Ben was not aware of the thoughts guiding his behavior, and he couldn't fully explain to her why he had stopped doing activities he used to enjoy. He couldn't fully explain to her why he had stopped doing activities he used to enjoy. As Ben learned to identify his thoughts, he realized that he had a series of thoughts. Everyone is dying. What's the use in doing things when I'm just going to lose everyone, anyhow? If I didn't feel like doing something that I won't enjoy myself, I guess that's the point. When Louis died, Ben decided he had reached the age where death was close at hand. This awareness influenced his thoughts and his willingness to do the things he used to enjoy. By contrast, Sylvie, who was only a little younger than Ben, thought she should do as many enjoyable activities as possible and enjoy life to the fullest. She frequently saw her friends and stayed quite active. As you can see, Sylvie's and Ben's different thoughts about growing older had a big impact on their behavior. What is the thought-physical reactions connection? Thoughts also affect our physical reactions. Think about watching a really good movie. When you watch movies, you often anticipate what is coming next. If you think something scary or violent is about to happen, your body reacts as well. Your heart might start to beat more rapidly. And your breathing may actually change as your muscles get tight. If you anticipate a romantic scene, your body may feel warm or even sexually aroused. Athletes are trained to get the powerful link between thoughts and physical reactions. Good coaches give give their teams inspirational speeches, which they hope will fire up the team members, get adrenaline flowing and lead to top performances. Olympic athletes are often taught to imagine in detail their performance in an event. Research shows that athletes who do this type of vivid imagining actually experience small muscle contractions that reflect the bigger muscle movements they make in their event. This thought muscle connection improves the athlete's performance. Research has also discovered that our beliefs, thoughts, and attitudes have an impact on our health. For example, you have probably heard that many medications and health treatments benefit from the placebo effect. What this means is that our expectation that a medication or treatment will help increases the likelihood that it does help. Our belief that a pill will help us can itself lead to improvement, even if the pill is just a sugar pill. Modern brain research has found that the placebo effect comes about partly because our beliefs are a type of brain activity and can lead to real changes in physical responses. Linda thought physical reactions connection Just as our thoughts affect our physical reactions, our physical reactions can trigger our thoughts. For example, after climbing a set of up a set of stairs, Linda noticed that her heart was beating faster. Because Linda worried about her heart, when her heart rate went up, she had the thought, I'm having a heart attack. This terrifying thought put her whole body on alert, and she experienced a series of physical changes including quick, shallow breathing and profuse sweating. As Linda's breathing became shallower, she took in less oxygen which caused her heart to beat even faster. Her brain also temporarily received less oxygen which caused a sensation of dizziness and lightheadedness. Linda's thought that she was having a heart attack increased her physical reactions and led her to believe she was in immediate danger of dying. Her physical responses to the idea that she was dying intensified until Linda experienced a full-blown panic attack. After a while, Linda realized that she was not having a heart attack, as she began to think this way, her physical symptoms gradually disappeared. What is the thought-environment connection? And I believe this applies most to us who want to improve our communication. As beginning At the beginning of this chapter, you learned how thoughts influence the moods we experience. You may be wondering why some people are more prone to certain thoughts and moods rather than others. Some portion of these differences may may be biologically or genetically inherited, but we also know that our environment and life experiences can powerfully shape the beliefs and moods that color our lives. We use the words environment and life experiences to describe anything outside of us, including our families, our communities, the places we live, interactions with other people, and even our culture. We can be influenced by both pa- present and past experiences that stretch over time from our childhoods to this moment. Recall that Marisa was sexually and physically abused throughout her childhood and early adult years. These experiences shaped her beliefs that she was worthless unacceptable and unlovable, and that men were dangerous. Abusive and uncaring, it is understandable that Marisa's earliest attempts to make sense of her experiences led her to devalue herself and to be on the lookout for negative reactions of others. It doesn't take traumatical, traumatic environmental tra- events to introduce beliefs. The way we think about ourselves and our lives is influenced by culture, family, neighborhood, gender, religion, and mass media. As an example of how culture influences beliefs, consider the messages we are given as children. In many cultures, girls are complimented for being pretty, and boys are rewarded for being strong and athletic. A girl might conclude that being pretty is the key to being well-liked, and she might value herself for her appearance only. A boy might believe that he should be strong and athletic, similarly judge himself on being One is Athletic Success or Failure There's nothing inherently more likable about beauty or strength, but some cultures teach us to make these connections. Once these beliefs are formed, they, they can be difficult to change. Therefore, many girls who are athletic find it difficult to value their skills and boys with musical or artistic talents, but no strong athletic skills may feel cursed rather than blessed. Wick was raised in a suburban community of educated professionals who valued achievements for themselves and their children. His family and school reflected these community values, emphasizing achievement and excellence. When Wick's performance in school or on the athletic field was not superior, his family, teachers, and friends were disappointed and reacted as if Wick had failed. From, From these reactions, Wick concluded that he was inadequate. Even though his performance was generally very good, some since Vic believed he was inadequate, it is not surprising that he felt anxious in situations that required him to perform. He dreaded athletic events because there was a risk that he would not win or perform well. Now we come to the conclusion of this chapter summary. Thoughts help define the moods we experience. Thoughts influence how we behave and what we choose to do and not to do. Thoughts and beliefs affect our physical responses. Life experiences, environment help determine the attitudes, beliefs and thoughts that develop in childhood and often persist into adulthood. Mind over mood helps you look at all the information available. It is not simply positive thinking. While changes in thinking are often central. Mood improvement may also require changes in behavior, physical reactions, and home or work situations slash environments. So, friends, we saw today that it's all about thoughts, how thoughts affect our behavior and personality. We'll take a few moments to think about what this chapter told us and conclude for today. Please reach out to me if you want me to cover any specific topic. Thank you.